Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and don't feed me any more lines from Hunksters Inc. Nice. And I'm Carter, and the moment you catch feelings is the moment you chunk a bullet. Mm. Very good. Chunking I feel a bullet like chunking a bullet is less effective yeah. than maybe firing it. <laughs> as hard as you can. Yeah, I'll throw this metal at you, and it's going to hurt probably. Hey, hunky boy. Yeah, let's talk about it. Doge, what's up? You Actually, me. when you say let's, you mean just you and I. You made Yeah, because be we made Doge be the hunk because, Carter, you want to take this one? Well, on Instagram... He has released. So our scientific cinema scale used to just be this ethereal thing that people imagined just up in the brain. And it's, it's crazy when you imagine something, a lot of the times the things you imagine you're let down once you see the actual sure. thing manifest, yeah. but he's gone and done the scientific cinema scale and made it better than I could have ever imagined. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, definitely go follow us right now and look at one of our most recent posts, swipe through and look at every, like from, from buying the poster to God hath forsaken us. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty incredible. It's a ton of fun. It kind of takes us also through, uh, the ages of, of movies in general of viewing like the hard copies. Yeah. Now. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's fine. Good job. Good job. Guys. He's, <laughs> we definitely took this on for him. <laughs> Doge has, uh, squirmed himself into a full snail. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care for this Thanks, type guys. of thing. <laughs> He's just all squirmed on up. He deserves it. <laughs> Uh, speaking of things squirming on up, guys, I'm more than itself. just a pretty set of graphic design fingers. <laughs> sure, your I have eye, thoughts your, about a movie. Your eyes are up here. <laughs> My eyes are up here. <laughs> now we are speaking of movies coming to the end. We have reached the terminus, the end of the road Ooh. of our series. This is the end of the Teens Choice Awards. That sounds been good. That sounds ominous when I say it in my sick boy voice. The end of it's the, the road. end of the road. <laughs> the buck. Am I crazy or is that here. a little Kevin Conroy? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it is. Evening the odds. I was going to ask you to say evening the odds. That was good. Joker. Nah, you lost it. It's gone now. (laughs) There's too much R. Joker. Joker. Evening the odds. Yeah, yeah, now you're back. Oh, wow. (laughs) Feels good. (laughs) That was very Al Pacino of you. (laughs) Guys, I could do so many voices when I'm sick. I know. It's the the best part of that. I can do every voice. (laughs) I am every voice. That's my Adam Sandler impersonation. (laughs) Every voice. (sighs) So who did... uh, Old, uh, oh, we haven't even said the name of the movie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I think I'm I'm hesitant to leave the series behind because it's been so cool, but all good things must come to an end. That's true. It's the end of the road. That was something, probably. The movie that won in the action category for the Teen's Choice Awards was, of course, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. What was it up against, Carter? Baby Driver beat movies like... Mad Max Fury Road. Rest and rip. I love that. Yeah, yeah it's a real. tough one. Drive. Together. Oh, Drive was, is so good. Snowpiercer. Yeah. Wow. Kingsman. Mm. The Secret Service. Mm. Snowpiercer is the clear cut last place in that category for me. <laughs> this has, it's funny that Kingsman was also in there. This has that similar, like very stylized vibe that Kingsman yeah. does to me. I, I would say for Jordan, unequivocally, Mad Max, Kingsman, and Baby Driver are the top three action oh, three movies of the decade. So, yeah. well, I mean, you're forgetting about a Keanu. You're forgetting about John Wick. Oh my gosh, 100. percent I'm forgetting There'll about John. There'll be a time yeah. for that, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. That that the Wickening will come. Ah. C- certainly, I would say that likely falls into the category of just hold on to your butts. We didn't yeah. forget about it. Yeah. yeah, I forget he's in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, action like uh, drama. And sci-fi was a pretty tough category, I think. It really was. There was a contender in every corner, really. Um, and, and I think it's one of those where I felt like any of them winning was a possibility. But yeah. kind of from the beginning, I was like, it's going to be I was Baby really Driver. hoping for Baby Driver. I'm very glad this one won. Yeah, I was too. And this kind of shows uh, the breadth of like, I guess not necessarily movie knowledge, but I, those that voted on it, I think. Right. Yeah. I'm glad this one. I think it's very oh, yeah. unique for action. And oh, so Oh my gosh. Incredible. It's very unique. clearly action, but it's like nothing that action has been. So yeah. before we go too far into this movie, Doge, do you want to synopsify me, Captain? I would love nothing so much as the joy of synopsifying you, Captain. <laughs> The long place so you can actually go find the exactly. synopsis. I would. Love. I don't. I feel like I played that off pretty well. And then you had to put me on would blast. Absolutely love nothing more. Than uh-huh. just Thanks, Shatner. Uh, this week's synopsis is written by frequent unwilling contributor Nick Reganis. Reganis. Nick writes, indebted to Doc, the icy Atlanta crime lord, baby, the youthful. Talented but hesitant getaway driver for years now has been the constant unstoppable force behind the Kingpin's masterfully planned daring heist. Are you pronouncing the commas? Yes. That's interesting. Always in sync with his carefully chosen playlists, whether he's burning rubber or strolling down the street, Baby just needs one more job to get off the hook and maybe even go out on a proper date with the charming waitress, Deborah. Caught up in the bliss of a whirlwind romance. Baby desperately wants out. Oh boy, that's a semicolon there. However, as things get out of hand, will the young designated driver be able to protect those he loves? 
Reganis, somehow this is so reductive of this movie. Like I listening know, to it, it's really like, is. well, kinda. I mean, yeah, that's it, technically. Does Reganis have time in his life for anything else? But Other writing, than writing these? This guy writes so many. It's thoughtful in a way that it was like too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much. How how long do we think it took Regan? Now, uh, granted, he's done thousands, right? He's done thousands. And and the the thing you gotta figure is like, I think we did the math one time and he's spent he spent at least three years of his life just watching these movies at an average length of two hours. <laughs> yeah, right. So he can't spend more than like 30 seconds writing yeah. a synopsis. So he just, he I cranks think he these guys out. synopsis for the one he just finished while he's starting the next one. Yeah. yeah. And I think with the average length of these synopsis, didn't we say it's like 400 pages worth of content? Yeah. Yeah. So My he's doing goodness. like, he's doing Gosh. like five minutes. Of Nick, if you're day. listening, will you please manage our website? <laughs> take a huge load off of us. Dude, love it. So it'll be it'll be <laughs> Jordan's review section, Doge's review sections, Carter's review section, and then Nick. Nick Regan. Let's bring Nick's in got Nick. It. See what he's it's got to Nick's say. Nick's corner. <laughs> this movie is unique. Very, very. And I'm gonna chalk the majority of that uniqueness up to Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yes, sir. Dude is so interesting to me. I like, um, I think every movie I've seen of his, I can't think of one I don't like. He is the one who brought us things like Hot Fuzz, Shaun yep. of the Dead, um, the End of the World, that bar hopping movie. Yeah. He did at Scott World's Pilgrim versus, or- at World's End, that's right. Yeah. Um, he did Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, we had, I forgot that he did that. We had a possibility of two Edgar Wright movies in this series. Yep. It makes sense but to me. But y'all hate Scott Pilgrim, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, he's got a unique spin on anything he does. He really does. And he he is so interesting to, and I, I want to set this up before we move into the movie so that we can look for it. But Edgar Wright has this unique approach to storytelling that he talks about where he says, um, why explain it if I can show it? Yeah. And one of the things that the examples that I've seen used for it in like a breakdown of his style is uh, in Hot Fuzz, you know, the the quote unquote average movie to show going from city to country would say, man, I got to move to the country and then fly to the country. Um, And in this movie, it's this progression of full signal on the phone into fancy cab to raining bus station to sitting on the bus to losing signal on the phone to sitting outside to an old cab. It's just this cycle all the way through. Yeah. And I think that's kind of sub- sums up Edgar Wright. Where like, if there's a better way to do it, he wants to find it. Yeah. And yeah. One of the exposition things- light, like there's right. very, very rarely something that feels like a, a line of dialogue that exists for the audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he is not a, he's not an improv guy, which I haven't really heard much of directors that they don't want you doing something that is not scripted. Right. That's, that's wild to me. I think that has a lot to do with the story he wants to tell. Yeah. I was reading something about this, that there was some reviewer that, um, I mean, he's got credentials apparently, but there was some reviewer that said that this is a postmodern musical. He he, he called it like a musical for the modern age with less dancing and singing, but more just synchronization to the sounds you're listening to. Oh yeah. Um, and I find that so fascinating, like to view the, this movie through that lens. Um, because yeah. so let's, let's talk about how it starts. I feel like the best marketing decision they made for this movie was releasing the first six minutes of the movie on YouTube when it was in theaters. Did you know they did this? Yeah. I think I forgot about that. Yeah. The first six minutes of the movie, the whole first heist all the way up through 
them driving out of the parking garage with that just low like yeah that whole six minutes they just put it up on youtube officially that's really smart in like in 4k everything watch this and i think that sold so many people on going to see this movie because the first six minutes of this movie are perfect yeah they're amazing like it's so good oh the the pull up yeah the windshield wipers start going to the song he leans his car back like his seat back he's watching them go like it's exciting. There's nothing more exciting than a heist, especially a heist right. with consequences, the right. chase, everything, John Bernthal pointing forward and him driving backwards. Like everything is just so good here. Yeah, it is so good. And I think part of the smartness too, cause I was just thinking of like, when you watch a trailer for something, they all kind of just look like what baby driver looks like the whole time. hundred percent. Yeah. And so it's like, how is anyone going to know the uniqueness of this movie without me showing yep. you this movie? May I, may I sprinkle some salt for just a moment? Okay. I think suicide squad thought it was doing this. Hmm. I think so. Setting moments to music and being like, we've scored this in such a way that it's like, it's happening for real, like to the song. When you initially said that I was like, no, that's not the case. But then I'm thinking it's so bad at it. Right. That maybe it did try and just miss the mark. I think what what happened is like, you're, you're exactly right. This does feel like a trailer the whole time. And suicide squad was, was the studio brought in a company that cuts trailers to to come in and recut the movie. So that's why suicide squad feels like a long trailer and this feels like a long trailer. This just intentionally feels like a long trailer and suicide squad was never meant to feel that mm. way. One of the coolest things about this movie is that we have an in universe reason for everything being set to music it's as amazing. well. And I, and I think that does something to legitimize the concept. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. Like it's all so of a sudden it doesn't feel like way. a gimmick anymore. Now it's like, right. that's just the story. This story is that this kid is constantly listening to music. Yeah. yeah. The moment he takes out one headphone and it just kind of, yeah. Shifts to be really shifts a little bit. Yeah. Then, then you're like, Oh, okay. You're starting to pick up on that. This is a role. I've always said that the soundtrack of baby driver should have been nominated for best supporting yeah. <laughs> yeah. actor, actress, whatever you would call it. Every yeah. song is perfect. And what's crazy is you can go through the soundtrack and cause I bet I've seen this movie six or seven times now you can go through the soundtrack and I, I can be like, Oh, I know exactly what point in the movie this is. Cause the music is such an integral part of the yeah. story. Like Peter and the Wolf? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> How do we talk about that so I much? We bring I, that up I started all the time. to grin. It's like that, My Fair Lady. <laughs> yeah. There are things that we land on. One I day we're going to put all of those things in one series and just review them, <laughs> even TV. if it's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to get Nick out here. Nick Reganis is going to be here. We're going to review him. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> oh good. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've had. So when I saw this movie, I saw it at Studio Movie Grill, which I hate. Because they basically <laughs> duct tape an iPad to the wall. The screen is so small. <laughs> Shots fired. And like they leave on like desk lamps and it's all like rolling chairs that you're sitting. I mean, literally there were rolling chairs with desk lamps on in the theater. And there was a couple what probably. What Movie Crew's listening, dude? That's fine. I'm an Alamo boy. Same. I'm okay with it. But they, I mean, same. There was a couple Born probably raised. in their late 60s that made out from top to bottom of this movie directly yeah. in front of Callie and I. Yeah. Say that again. They what? They made out. From top to bottom of this movie for the whole movie for the whole movie. They made out. There you go. And, uh, my bottom. <laughs> stop making out with my bottom. <laughs> and it was so distracting and this movie was so good. I still liked it. Awesome. 
the making out of the movie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think it would have. I think it would have ruined a lesser movie. Yeah. I really do. That experience oh, was yeah, horrible. Absolutely. I have not been back to Studio Movie because Girl they're because still there. They're still making out. That's one of Studio Movie Girl's policies. You got to have an old kissy couple in every movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta have it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't know that I've met. I'm sure they're out there. I don't know. If I've met anybody that watched this movie that wasn't like, this was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I guess you have to not be paying attention. I think so. And it's hard not to pay attention. I'm trying. I, I've been trying to hold off, but like I've, everything that we're saying, I keep thinking, yeah, it's because of my super pump. Yeah. It's because of my super pump. Yeah. It's because of my super pump. My super pump is in particular, uh, the choreographer. And oh, yeah. then uh, in, in, once you get to the finer details, the choreographer and the way that he worked with uh, the sound, the, the audio editing team, yeah. uh, the sound mixer, the, the sound designer, the composer, all of that stuff to synchronize everything together because there's that kind of backbeat undercurrent that's going through this whole movie and the whole thing. And, and the editing too, like I, I don't know how to encapsulate that in one phrase, but the fact yeah. that everything is so synchronized and such a smooth ride that I have no pun intended, I guess, but <laughs> that just feels like you get on at the beginning and then it doesn't really let you breathe and you don't want to breathe until right. the end. Yeah. It's amazing. I've never seen anything else like that. Yeah. And it, it really is interesting how many things you notice as you watch, if you're paying attention yeah. to it, the tinnitus coming back, yep. like whenever things are silent. Um, but even things that are like, there's background music and things are syncopated to it. Yeah. Or things like the four channels that he flips through at the beginning and every one of those lines comes back in the uh -huh. first half of the movie. Yep. Um, it's so interesting. Like, yeah. And that gives credit to, it is just as intense to just be sitting in a diner with no action yeah. necessarily going on as it is to be chased by eight cop cars. Right. Like I am, I maybe even more. I think that diner scene is, I think Jamie Foxx got to set that day and was like, y'all mind if I put the movie on my back for like just a little bit yeah. and just carries that. Yeah. Scene. About when they're in the booth. Yeah. yeah. Oh Jamie Foxx is my super pump. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, because even Edgar Wright was like, here's an exception. Just do what you want. Yeah. Because he does get to improv a lot. Yeah. Um, I think reading trivia how can you not? I mean, we, we played, we played a game with Jamie Foxx yesterday and all of us decided we want him to be our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so there was a, a lot of fun trivia basically about how Edgar Wright like fangirled over <laughs> Jamie Foxx in scenes. Cause if yeah. he was in a scene with Kevin Spacey, he'd like lean over and be like Oscar shot. Like yeah, all these different 100%. things. But yeah, yeah Jamie Foxx um, is very good. He's very, very oh my good. Goodness. He is. I think when I saw Ray, I was like, this is legit. Like this wasn't, yeah. he just got a perfect role. Like this guy's talented. Right. Um, but bats does this wonderful thing. Bats feels like, I mean, he's clearly, mm, yeah, I'd say he's the main antagonist. Would you say for most I think of so, the movie? Yeah. Because he, and his name is bats, which means basically like he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. He's such a perfect Edgar Wright character. He yes. comes in and he is equal parts driving the narrative but also just Disrupting. he's here to screw yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. Like he felt like a Joker type character. Like he's like, I don't care. He's very anybody. scary. Um, because of that, like unpredictability, he's very scary the whole time, which I love. Um, and also like, and I mean, this is the highest compliment. I hate him. Like yeah. the whole movie. Oh, like, yeah. He's the worst. He's the worst. It was like such a subtle thing to, to, it felt like, 
uh, Matt Damon's Mark Watney. I mean, it was like Jamie Foxx is not changing the way he walks or the way he talks. Like he's not doing like a Gary Oldman under all this makeup. Yeah. But it's enough to where I'm like, that's not, that's bats. Right. Yeah, that's not like, Jamie Foxx. Fox. And yeah. for someone in, this was 2015. He's uh, a super, 2016 or 17. Super I think. duper star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how can you not be in the moment and think, oh, Jamie, it's, it's just Jamie, Jamie Foxx. Right. Yeah. But right. yeah, that's my, he's my super pump. Yeah, I, absolutely. I thought it was going to be so many different things. Sure. But it, in the end, I think it was him. So a couple of things that I just want to point out just to make sure that nobody misses. Um, at the beginning of the movie, John Bernthal says, if you don't hear from me again, I'm probably dead. Yeah. It means I'm dead. And those are the, that's the last time we ever see or yeah. hear him the whole movie. So I yeah, wish he was dead. in more of it. I do like John Bernthal. Dude, it, the, he was good in this. Yeah. He, he's so trailers made it seem like he was going to be, it did. Yeah. Huge. Which I think adds to the, I think that's supposed to be the joke. Right. Yeah. That he's saying like, I'm probably dead if you don't. They don't even show him die shot. on screen. Yeah. Yes. If, you don't <laughs> hear, if you don't hear from me again, I'm probably dead. <laughs> and then he's just gone, which is very funny. Um, he went to go do the Punisher. <laughs> that reminds me of, so actually, of probably right. Abed and Community uh, at the end of whatever season that is. when he's like, and if we don't get renewed for another season, a meteor came and destroyed the college and we're all dead. And, and that's, that's canon. canon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's so funny. Um. But real quick, also, um, Kevin Spacey's in this movie. He's a doo-doo person. Yep. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he's a doo-doo person that does a really good job at the job that he's been given. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is, Kevin Spacey, the actor, is one of Outstanding. My yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usual suspects. Seven. All sorts of stuff. He's good at being, playing a bad Correct. person. Well, maybe he doesn't have to try that hard. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it might not be yeah. too far away from home base. Yeah, for the yeah. boy. But, um, I mean, he was great for this role. 100%. So good. And Doc was just so interesting. Kevin Spacey's also really good at that. At yeah. Just adding a tick or just a rhythm to the way that he talks. It didn't, something about him didn't work for me. Really? Toward the end of this movie. Okay. His that, turn's weird. I don't buy Doc at the very end being like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to help baby and Cinderella. Yeah. And like taking a shotgun out into the parking garage. Like that was that, pretty twisty. Yeah. That doesn't feel like Doc. It feels like yeah. Doc would be like, kid, you're on your own. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to go back and he was going to be packed up and gone. Like yeah. we're done out of here. Um, the, the first, the second heist, the first one with bats. The one where we bring in uh, Eddie No Nose, which is Flea. Flea, yeah. Um, and then I don't remember the other guy's name, uh, but he's the one that gets the Mike Myers mask. Gosh, that's so funny. This is all, almost my super pump. Was just these two as a collective look at just the casting, right? Yes. Yeah, their cartoon like everybody fits what someone would draw when they're thinking of well, this role. I think that's the thing. Like this movie, every character is a cartoon, and like there's there's very little three dimensionality. Yeah. Right. Characters. yeah, yeah. And I think that's by design. Like something about this movie feels elemental in a way that's like, this feels like a movie that would have been made 25 years ago. Right. 35 years ago. Right. Yeah. This feels like a movie my dad would watch on like a Saturday afternoon being like, I watched this and it's amazing. Like yeah. it's just this great action movie, but just made now. And I yeah. think that's intentional. It's by design. I think that's not a, a weakness of the movie. No. Yeah. That it's so reductive. I think it's a huge strength of it. Because yeah. this is not, is this an original screenplay? Yeah. So yes. this is not based on anything. Right. I expected, like, I, I don't have anywhere to put except just perfect writing. Like, yeah, well, wow, what a great, that's exactly how I thought No-No's would be. 
Right. right. But he does it so well that you feel like there was content before to create that. Exactly. That's well, what's in his mind. There's something about the story too of like, he's a getaway driver. He's in love with a girl who works at a diner. They're trying to skip town. That could be set in 1930 or yeah. 2030. Well, totally. Which I think is super on purpose. I, yeah. I agree. And Edgar Wright, there's a lot of thoughtfulness to this movie in I mean, he's got a great library That's of movies. Edgar Wright's calling card. Okay, Edgar Wright's my super pump. Let's move past it. I love <laughs> yeah. him. Let's keep going. But yes, his calling card is thoughtfulness. And I was going to say too, specifically because he he has wanted to do this for a while. Yes. Like before he made Baby Driver, this was an idea that he had for a long he time. He did a music video for somebody that was this basically. Yeah. Like a decade ago. Yeah. So super interesting. So this scene where uh, they're doing the job and they're getting all the stuff and it's Bat's first interaction with Baby... And baby has the headphones in and we hear the music and we see doc talking. This is maybe one of my favorite scenes in the whole oh, movie. This is yeah. wonderful. When, when he says, how do I know that that kid just heard anything that you said? He pops the headphone out and just repeats verbatim. Everything doc said. Yeah. F- finishing it with any questions <laughs> the same way the doc did. And it's just Ansel Elgort is kind of gangly. It every time you say his name, it feels like you're stumbling over trying to say something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, I might be off, by the way. No, I'm not saying you I say it wrong. I'm saying dude's got too many vowels and consonants <laughs> in the wrong order. It feels like he's six three. I think he probably is pretty tall. Yeah. He's a little gangly. He's handsome in a boyish way. And so unbelievably charming. Don't you think so? I don't think he's conventionally yeah. like John Ham handsome. I think no. he's like he's not handsome. Right. <laughs> I'm nice. not quick enough today. I think he's like you know what I mean? He's got that boyish yeah. look. Yeah. But he he's so unbelievably charming in this movie that you can't help but like Baby. You know what? Baby, even as a character, felt a little bit like autistic in like the way that he was a savant at one thing. Like I and I'm I'm totally fine if that's part of the narrative. Like I think that there was a, a, a part to it that was um Yes, there's a trauma that he had as a child. Right. But I think, I don't know. I've done a lot of like studying on that. Right. And it felt like he, that had to be some kind of inspiration of like the way that he acts and things like that. I could see that. Which yeah, I, th- I, I, I think is that. great. Like I'm, I'm saying I love that. If that is part of it, like I love that that is the, the protagonist. It would be very Edgar Wright to just not even fill that blank in. Sure. Right. And I don't think we need it. Yeah. Filled in. Right. Yeah. I agree. But speaking of charming. I, this is the the opinion I have about this movie that I feel like has the most potential for disagreement between the three of us. Is it Lily? Lily James. James? Yeah. Dude, I love her. I've seen her in several things and she is consistently so unbelievably likable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's a very good actor. Like, I think she's great. Um, yeah. She actually has a really good voice. Um, yeah. Like yeah. Mamma Mia. She's great in Mamma Mia. Cinderella too. Uh, yeah. Does she sing in that? Uh-huh. I haven't seen that. Um, but she... I don't know. There's something about her that is like so easy to buy that your main character can fall in love with her because yeah. she's just so. She does a great job in this. Well, she is oh my gosh. who Disney chose before they even knew it. Like the first of doing live action of their old cartoons. Right. They took maybe the most famous right. princess. So this might be spicy. Her, she does a great job in this movie to me. Her acting, her physicality. Yeah. Like it's really great. Her accent work in this yeah, movie her accent's not great. Is my super dump. Oh, really? It's it's maybe the worst accent work I have ever heard. Mm. Like she just she can't manage an American accent at all, much less that like that Atlanta like deep South molasses accent. Yeah, <laughs> in any way that's believable. Is she at British? All. Yes. Yeah. 
debilitatingly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it's funny, Daniel Craig, for what he was able to pull off. Exactly. Out. I think there's you had probably, to go cartoon, you know, it's, it's funny. There's probably more in common with a Cajun and a like true deep Georgia accent with and British than it seems like there is. Yeah. But for yeah. whatever reason, yeah, she just can't she pull can't, it off. She can't pull it off here. And it, it took me out of the movie several times because it's just like, I had to like really process what she was saying. Cause it didn't, I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. She, she has the human version sometimes of the, of Pacha's kids eyes when they don't want to go to bed and they're just like yeah. fluttering and sad <laughs> when they're just like, please dad. And they're oh, like, wow. <laughs> like fluttering. She has that as like a person sometimes. Yeah. And it's That's very so funny. Fun. Um, but yeah, so for that reason, baby and, um, good grief. Why can't I remember her name? Debra. Also? Thank you, baby. Obviously baby and Deborah's relationship works really well for me in this movie mm-hmm. because I buy that. She's just ready to fall in love with him as fast as he is with her. And they're both ready to get out. Well, that's the thing. Like if this, <laughs> I think it's by design that like we were talking about earlier. Like if this movie wasn't so elemental, if it was really interested in giving us three dimensional portraits of our characters, weak their relationship is so reductive and she Mm -hmm. just immediately falls for him and is like, I want to get out of town with you. And like all that stuff that feels out of place. Yeah. Unless the story we're telling is very like, no, these are these paper cutouts and we're moving them in a way that is amazing to watch. Right. Yeah. It's almost dreamy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Speaking of dreamy. The sequence when they are having dinner. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. So good. And speaking of dreams, let's all nod off and wake up in a wonderful place where we can deliver some uh, shout announcements. Welcome to shout announcements. It's always bad, guys. It's always bad. Welcome to shout announcements. It's the part of the show. Now, we have something that's been cooking. It's done been cooked. It's out of the oven and it's steaming fresh sitting on our windowsill. It's a pie and that pie is Patreon. And what we want you to do is let that <laughs> let that pie steam hand lift you up and float you on over to our window. Please subscribe to our Patreon is what we're saying. Yeah. Do you wow. ever do in you a ever, very clear way that's yeah. easy to understand? That's what we're asking. Concise. To do. That's yeah. my goal. You yeah. ever have the awful recurring dream that you're like walking around in your old high school or you're at prom or you're at your wedding and you don't have your Patreon? Ugh. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Whenever I leave with my Patreon off, ugh. It is horrendous. Like you walk out and you're like patting the pockets, like even the top of your head and you might not even wear a hat like Jordan does, yeah. but it's like, where's my, Forgot I, to put I, my I don't Patreon. have my Patreon. It's embarrassing. So if you don't want to be embarrassed, there's cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. By the time this episode goes live, we're going to have a special section of our website where you can see our reviews of movies that we have seen recently. They're not full reviews. They're just little chunks. It's called review chunks. Two chunks review chunks. There's also a spot where you can see our full history. At a glance, what we've rated, the things we've talked about. And occasionally a special, a special little bonus guy. Oh, and I, I forgot about this until right now. It's important to know the Oscars were a couple of days ago. So whatever movie won Best Picture, you are likely either stoked about it or didn't hear about that movie until it won Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be reviewing that movie. That's going to be a Patreon exclusive episode. So True. keep your peepers peeped for that guy later Indeed. this month. Those peepers. Uh, almost as... Embarrassing is not having your Patreon Ugh. when you leave the house. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, rate, review to this podcast. Would love it. Would love it if, if you did. If you're listening to it and you're like, man, I wish they, I wish they had done this for two years already. Guess we, what? We have surprise. Man, I wish that I, that I could get notified every week when one of these pops out. Guess what? You can. It'll automatically download. Your, your road trip opportunities are only getting longer. That's true. With our content. 
Like you can you can go on up into Canada at this point. Probably you could, you could oh, cross you country can. with our I whole show. How far you could drive? I listening how far to you could only drive us. Listen to we'll drive. do that math. Okay, we'll have We've that. We've almost math certainly for you. talked about this before. Have we? I, I don't have. think so. I think we have because I think I remember saying you could drive your car or it would just drive you crazy to listen to us for that long. I don't remember that, but that's a good line. Are you serious? I don't remember that either. So I could have sprung that on you and you guys would have been like, wow, good line. But it said, I ruined it. Uh-huh. Gosh, yeah, that's correct. It. That he didn't sucks. ruin it. It still seems cool. No, nah, it's ruined. What did he say? <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes Critics is tomatoes. a box that we would love to check. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and in three weeks, we're going to be able to apply to do that. Wow. Um, wow. Would help if we had another million 998 so. <laughs> million reviews. Oh, wow. wow that's, that's a, step a big up. number. Yep. That's yeah, a big number. It's like, why is everybody <laughs> reacting so strange to my million? Um, but yeah, please do that. Um, I'm, it's hard for me to say my announcements because I'm so excited about the next one. Doge, oh, you, yeah, we got a big thing uh, to, to toss your way. If you live down here in the Southern United States where the three of us live, you may have noticed when you look out your window or when you drive to work or to school, uh, some of that good green grass starting to get a little taller. Yep. Yep. Starting to peek its head up and say, maybe it's time for me to come out again this year. Maybe it's time for me to start growing. And when the grass starts growing, you know what that means? Dad, dad starts mowing. Yep. Yeah. If you got a dad, if you know a dad, or honestly, if you if just you, got dad energy, if you are a dad, you're mowing your yard real soon. And what do dads do when oh. they mow their yard? Well, first of all, Get very sweaty. Yeah, they get very sweaty. <laughs> Second of all, big old glass before, of sweet tea before they even do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, they come inside, big glass of sweet tea, oh. prop up on the recliner, and toss on maybe some TNT. TNT maybe FX, some TBS. FX. FX got the movies. TBS. We're going to be bringing you oh. a brand new series that we are honestly very stoked I'm about. I'm so amped about this. And it's called Dadderday Afternoon. These are going to be all those movies that all of the folks with mega dad energy love to watch on television. Even if they own them, they'll watch them on TV and sit through the commercials anyway. It's true. These are going to be uh, action staples. The ones that just really encapsulate that kind of like... That, that dad strength, the big forearm, the sweaty mowing energy. For instance, our, our first episode coming out, ya, coming out, ya, coming at you next week. <laughs> Such a dad or day afternoon movie. <laughs> our first episode coming at you next week is going to be over the seminal and instant classic, forever classic, Die Hard. Yeah. My goodness. Very gracious. much. I literally cannot wait. We're also going to be talking about things like Lethal Weapon. Terminator. We're talking things Rambo. Like Terminator. Things like Rambo. All the big dad energy we'll is coming you, here to this podcast. Do you need some more Sylvester? Do you need some Arnold? Do you need some Bruce? My I uncle. I think I do. My very own uncle, Bruce Willis. Yeah. We'll be talking about wow. next week. And he'll be on the show. You can quote me on that. Anyway, <laughs> everybody freshen up your Bruce Willis impersonations. That's never been an attempt. Yeah, I don't everybody, think I've even tried before. Come no. on down hey, the coast. A, we'll have a couple laughs. Wow. I'm going to start a thing and it's going to be something we say from now on. Ready? It's yeah. going to be a great catchphrase for us. Okay. Daturday afternoon's coming. Better water that grass. I like it. I don't. We're back. Yep. We are. We are back to the show, which means we're back to the back half of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Things get complicated. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. Right? Things get complicated <laughs> in the back half of this movie. And I also think it's where this movie shines. 
is in because it, it really feels like it's a three act structure where the second act is about eight minutes long. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. the second act is the heist gone wrong in the middle yeah, and the killing of uh, what's his face and calling baby back into action. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really, I think we can view our heists as a three beat that we establish yeah. the way that these heists work with the very beginning. We reinforce it with the middle, but it starts to go a little wrong. And then we have one heist that just balloons out of control. Right. Because uh, in a bat's crazy guys. in acts three and four at the end, I think it's probably a five act structure. Yeah. 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 Which means they're rapid fire. Cause this is not a long oh, big movie. time. Yeah. This is not a long movie at all. Um, but in the back half of this movie is where a lot of our action starts to really sync up to music, which is so cool. I like, it feels like the sync, the synchronization with music escalates as the movie goes on. The gunshots so, is what's so impressive oh to me. Oh my gosh. To tequila in that warehouse. Yep. Just that. Gah, 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 gah. Oh Ugh. yeah. It is so like, so that, that, that warehouse thing I think is the first time we really get a taste for how crazy Vats is. Oh yeah. When he just starts popping off just because somebody looked at him weird. hey the butcher Remember is him being such a, a cool character yeah, yeah. he's a great character that's such a great like that <laughs> feels like john wick almost it feels yeah, wicky very. a little bit and his whole like the charcuterie like yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah referring to everything as a cut of meat is so cool it's so cool like he's really always brilliant. has a cover like yeah if you were to record him he's talking about so i read a trivia pork. that the cop that was the big cop that was like mouthing off to bats was the security guard from the bank that they robbed earlier and i don't buy that at no all no i don't think you need to do that no we're supposed to know that bats has a history right yeah. because he alludes to the fact that like I mean, have you they, met me before if they show him on camera then i believe it but i don't think they did so. yeah i don't think they did either yeah it, well and Speaking of bats, one of the scenes I love is after this whole thing goes wrong and he's freaking out saying that, you know, for something about a four letter name. And he's like, bats isn't my real name. And he says, I know that Leon. Yeah. To me, it's just, I don't know. There's all these little things that just explode the universe so much bigger so briefly. And then we never go into it. And I think that's so yeah. interesting. It, it equal parts makes you want there to be prequels and a series well, and then also that. never not. touch it again. See, I yeah. think we, I think we used to see a lot more of that kind of stuff where we would just make it explode the world and make it feel bigger and then never touch it again. And I think we probably still have the same level of that stuff, but now all of that gets picked over and we pick those bones clean to make another one. Yeah. Yeah. You know what every I mean? I, I every bit of expansion is a potential path for a sequel to contrast this with John wick, which I, I believe is probably the best action movie of the last decade. Uh, Eh, maybe not. I like Baby Driver more. They're all up there, uh, man. But it's to tough. contrast it to John Wick, like John Wick has those elements too, where it's like we refer to things and we we could just leave them and never go back to them. But I don't think we would identify them as such now that we've seen John Wick 2 and John Wick 3 Parabellum. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's interesting too through. because uh, the energy has to be placed somewhere else. Like you've yeah. got to be pretty economical about that. When you have Keanu Reeves, put it in that character. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you have someone like Ansel yeah, then it's like- I don't know. Who's great. And he's supposed to just be a blank sheet. Yes. But it's so much about the writing and yeah. everything, the whole environment. Yes. It feels like the writing was almost a challenge. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to take these two dimensional blank sheet characters yeah. and make a movie that you care about. That them. is so Edgar Wright though. It really like, is. Edgar yeah. Wright's thing it, it, to me seems to be like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it my way. And my way is going to be a little weird. I think yep. that's why he had such a. So a, don't go off script. Right. Well, I think that's, that's why he had such a big falling out with Marvel. Oh, over I'm sure. 
He probably said, get out. And they said, nah, you get out. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about, uh, baby's relationship with Joe, his foster dad. Love Joe. Dude. It's so sugary sweet in the middle of this movie and it fits. Ansel's a great dancer. He's a trained ballerina. Or like dance in a row. He did ballet. And he's actually dating a ballerina. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently Callie was telling me he's been dating the same girl since he was like 16. Yeah. Chels told me that too. That must be one of those. One of those well-known type things. Yeah. That we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, I think he's, I think he's a pretty good singer from what I understand. Like, I mean, he's he's a musician. musician. Yeah. He has a side Um, project. Which is, Pretty cool. Yeah. Probably explains why he knew what he was doing with those right hands during the, the piano, piano part. part. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. It was actually. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was just a little close enough. The me person <laughs> was like, cool. Yeah. I was doing it with him. But my, my <laughs> song would be like, like when you're messing Isn't up that on guitar. Isn't that his name? That one. That's what his name that sounds is his like. Name. <laughs> um, but the relationship with Joe here is so cool. Um, I think that there's something so unique about just the way that everything rounds out in this movie. So we watched Joe listen to music by putting his hand on a subwoofer. And then one of the last things we see baby do is put his hand down on the car speaker because the gunshots in his ears has made the tinnitus so bad that he can't hear. Yeah. yeah. And it's to just hear his mom singing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just so airtight to me. It, it is. really is. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, I think it was so fun. Like the, no, I'm not gonna say bullet crossed lovers, but like, Isaac Gonzalez and John Hamm. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that dynamic. Yeah. Bullet Cross like, Lovers is very fun. Did you I, make that up just now? Uh-huh. It's very good. Hey, band the, name. Ooh. Uh, bringing them back. I mean, it felt like this was the, oh, let's yeah. get the all-stars in here for the final heist. Yeah. Uh, and the relationship. You talk about relationships that Baby has. I. It seemed sweet. Like, maybe yeah. that is. With I was. Yeah, I yeah. almost super dumped that uh, John Hamm didn't just immediately, like, but then I'm like, he's not bats. Like, he had so many opportunities to like take away because sometimes they like, they leave this thing hanging to where it's like, okay, a real villain would just shoot. Right. But he doesn't really feel like a villain. Like we're we're even hearing about like his past life and yeah. Well, and it even, it even seems to me like his goal wouldn't have been to kill him up until things got so crazy. Yeah. Or to kill Deborah. Right. His goal is to kill Deborah in front of him. Like he doesn't even care if he's somewhere else and Deborah's alive. He wants him to be there to watch. Right. But having, I, I love the diner scene when Isa's character is talking about when John Hamm goes crazy. Yeah. And yeah. just the look on John Hamm's face made oh me scared. Oh my gosh, dude. It made me scared in the theater. Yeah. It also made me scared on my couch in my home in the yes. daylight. Um, he's intense. intense. In the and beginning, when Jamie Foxx claps right after that. It, it just cuts oh that tension gosh. with that knife. Oh, that is the most it tense scene. It adds a new tension. For real. His... um. So at the beginning, when he's flipping through the different movie scenes, the last thing that we see is a bullfighter talking about the the yep. the bull sees red and uh, the the bullfighter is now on foot and like all this stuff. Yeah, mirroring the end of this movie. This is Brilliant. an Edgar Wright move. He does this in uh, Shaun of the Dead, where Shaun's yep. flipping through TV and the the <laughs> channels are finishing each other's sentences. That's funny. Spelling out the remainder it's been of a the long movie. time since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, he's just brilliant, but he, he likes this move, this funny TV flipping through the channels thing. But yeah, the, the bullfight perfectly mirror. I mean, that's, he sees yeah. red when he sees red, he's angry like a bull. I mean, well, that's, and John Hamm is lit by this deep red light from within right. that, that police car. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just so good. Very good. Man. Oh, but, um, the heist gone wrong at the very end is one of the coolest sequences that I've seen maybe in any movie. 
starting with uh, baby telling the woman, don't, don't go in because he, it's the woman he recognizes from uh, the day before the day before yeah. with the nephew, who Which was, was a great a character scene. by the yeah. way. That was based off of somebody, somebody who was helping like influence Edgar Wright's writing. I think he was consulting for was criminal activity. Yeah. yeah. Was, was saying like, this is something that has actually happened before. Right. Like wow. they just bring their family along. And I love that the kid knew more about yeah. it. Like he's definitely done this a couple of times. Yeah. Poor guy. Another Edgar Wright thing is gruesome violence. Correct. And, and, and yeah. rapid. Oh yeah. Very quick. Yeah. So yeah. And the, the blink. The, the, I'm talking about bats. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, they run out and then bats is just gone. Run through the pipe and everything Jeez. goes crazy. So I think so this crazy. is, I think this, I would call this act four. Yeah. Probably. That makes sense. This heist is act four. And then we get a little brief break and then act five is the bullfight basically. Yeah. 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 Starting at the diner pretty much. Yeah. It makes sense to me. So like the end of act four would be dropping Joe off at the, yeah. The home. We get yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah. That's good. Um, but the, the sprint through town and through the park and through, I think that was the mall of Georgia. Like all of that stuff is so well done. Something about his jacket, uh, and him running across that, that green gave me Ferris Bueller vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, as yeah. you're describing it, I started to yeah. think that that's fun. Yeah. I totally see I that. I don't think, I don't know if it's intentional, but. That's where my mind Great went. Great thing about Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he does it so much and doesn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Edgar Wright even. Yeah. Um, but he, this is an example of Ansel Elgort being so lanky and goofy that when he runs, it's just like, go buddy, go buddy, go, go, go. go. Yeah. It looks like a, one of those octopuses that walks on the ocean floor. Is, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've got a friend is, who dances like that. He plays drums like that too. Yeah. Is checking your pulse while you run a thing. I don't know. It looks like he was about to pass out. I know. He's, like, he's going to pass out. He was running. And like, as he was touching the pulse, it was like, am I okay? Am I yeah. okay? Am I okay? That whole <laughs> yeah. time. It, it just, it adds to the intensity for sure. Um, but at the very end of this chase, Wait, isn't he doing that to have a beat of some kind? Doesn't he want rhythm for his action? Oh, maybe. So he's feeling his own Shut heartbeat. Shut up. Is that, does he have his, think? that's does amazing. He have headphones in at that point? No. no. Oh, I haven't yeah. thought that's about he's doing that. Then. I totally thought that's what that's supposed to be. Wow. Like the only way he can find a beat is just to naturally listen to his heart. What on earth? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. So you got this. You take the rest of it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I understand this movie way better than we do. Um, when he steals the car from the woman at the very end of this and throws her purse back. Yeah. And all that stuff. Um, I, I love that that's the breadcrumb. Like that leads mm-hmm. to. Yeah, because he doesn't have his iPod with him because then he sits in the car trying to find the radio station. Yeah. Right. Trying to find something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I need to watch this again. <laughs> uh, I was also reading a thing that was saying that uh, if he's been boosting cars since he was 12, then the two things he would have collected the most of would have been iPods and sunglasses. Sure. Just an yep. assumption of like what people leave in their car. Right. Yeah. So that's why he's got, you know, pink sparkly iPods or whatever. Yep. And so many sunglasses. We haven't even talked about the sunglasses gag. Yeah. Yeah. That he great. just always has an extra pair of sunglasses. Two that he extra pairs the first time he meets back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slaps it off his face. He just pulls this out. Isn't it John Bernthal that slaps him off? Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he takes him and puts him on uh-huh. and he just pulls another one out. That was a clean slap. Slaps yeah. those off. And then he pulls out a third pair. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. This made me want to dig out my iPod and sync it back up again. And I know that's redundant because I could stream anything I want from my phone. The clicking of the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's a good thing. Yeah. And I like, I like the look back at, okay, that was the last gift he was given before his parents died. He was listening to it in the accident, like all that stuff. Um, the tapes he makes are very interesting. Um, it's a cool dynamic. Another example of exploding our world out and not touching it again, which I like. 
Um, yeah. It can be done wrong. You can give me stuff where it's like, well, that doesn't make sense without context. But in this way of just like, this is just something he does. I like it. Um, but I do think it's time to talk if he about actually made those. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Cause he's like actually playing those parts on those instruments on the know? soundtrack for the movie. There's somebody's name. Gotcha. Gotcha. It. it could be the name of his side project. I don't know, but there's his somebody's name on it is like and solo or something. Uh, it doesn't sound right. With like a O with a strike through like the Ghostbuster symbol. Actually, oh, cool. that might be it. it so maybe him. he did do it. Huh. Um, be I wish there was a way to find out. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, the end of this movie, when he goes and he uh, runs away from John Hamm's character and he gets the, um, he steals the car from the two guys that are vaping in their car. And <laughs> yeah. the, the reveal that it was not weed, but the reveal that they're vaping vape, is so funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but that and the chase up through that parking garage and all that oh stuff. Goodness. Terrifying. With, with the car falling hey, quick off. Update, and, it's Kid Koala who does that. Okay, it's so not, not in solo. Okay. Oh, good. Um, it's just such a unique climax to a movie. And so I'll go ahead and say my super dump is how quick Doc changes sides. Um, it just, I, I could have good used, on you for holding off on that. We talked about that earlier. You almost, I know I didn't want to getting close to it. I didn't want to slam dunk both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it just felt too convenient to me. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with the flop. I'm okay. If it's like, ah, I just like the kid so much. That's okay with me. Yeah. But I just need a little more maybe. I think if we'd seen compassion from him, I think it, just a small change to some of the dialogue at the restaurant scene, I would have bought this a lot better. Yeah. Like if he took baby's no, if he let baby sit, get out with, with something girl, else and then baby go back at the end of it, he was like, baby, my driver bailed and you're the only person I trust to do this. Yeah. And appealed not as a threat, but appealed to their relational history. Right. Uh, I think I would, I would buy in that they would have enough relational equity to cash in on it and get him to flip sides at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I would have appreciated, um, some sort of like maybe, maybe some moment between the two of them where he could tell him like, I know why you, I know why you want to do what you want to do. I, I wanted the same thing at one point, you know, like, uh, or if he, even if he's like, man, kid, I owe somebody too. And once I'm paid up, I'm gone. Right. Yeah. Take advantage, get out, that exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it would have really benefited from tightening up that. It's the one thing that feels like a true plot hole in this whole movie to yeah. me. Yeah. That's what I, I kind of alluded to mine earlier, but I'll go ahead. My super dump is uh, that John Hamm's character, he's he is presented to be way more like, especially if you hurt his girl, like you, someone looked at her the wrong way. It's alluded to, and he killed them. It's right. Like, this yeah. is, I understand it needs to be drawn out and this is the penultimate chase here, but I, he, I need, I need baby to get shot in the leg or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's Isaac Gonzalez's line in the back of the car when she's like, do you remember when you did that? Cause that guy looked at me funny. He's like, yeah. And she's like, Bass just looked at me funny. I was like, Oh, yeah. and he just, his, the first words out of, out of his mouth, he goes, you want me to kill bats? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Oh I know. Gosh. But I hear so you. I'm like, but she's Seeing dead. That, he like, watched her die right. and it's baby's fault. And he didn't just shoot baby. And again, that ends the yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Right. Movie's over. Yeah. But that's the one thing. And that's what's great about Edgar Wright is you have to, on a movie podcast review where you have to find something wrong, you have to be so almost pedantic about yeah. it. Yeah. Kind of nitpicky. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, that's a credit to him. He's not leaving a whole lot of loose ends. No, definitely the, not. The man makes a tight movie. 
tight. Toy. Toy. Uh, very, I mean, down in a burst of flame for John Hamm's character. That was a pretty fun death. Yeah, it's a very fun death. That yeah. was a good finale. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, getting actually going to jail? I like that. I like that we just don't get off scot-free because he's a nice boy. Yeah. Are we I like that assume- we hear people say that he's a nice boy. I love the people on the stand that yeah. are like, you know, he actually threw me my purse and like apologized. And she was like, he said, no, he said, don't go in. He was so nice when I, and then Joe being like, he's a good kid. All that stuff is so good. But I like that we don't live in a universe in this movie where it's like, glad he's a good kid. Let's just give him probation for all the murder. Right. Do you feel like the end is supposed to be what we think is actually reality? That's no. what I was going to ask too, because we have that dream set in the fifties earlier and then this starts the same way, but then fades to color at the end. I think, is he in jail for 20, actually 25 years? No, I think he probably gets out of parole, but they did not age at all. And I think that's probably intentional. I think it's probably just to say he's going to get out and it's going to be something like this, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it feels to me. That vision is what's getting him through those five years. I think that's That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, Because we've been given no reason to think that he wouldn't get out in five if he has the option. Yeah. Um, Because he's been shown to be like a compassionate and like, overall quote unquote well behaved to me is that this starts in, in that kind of Kodachrome black and white vibe, because if it started in full color, I think we have no reason to doubt the frame of the movie. You know what I mean? But the fact that it starts according to that same visual language that we establish is a dream kind of like dream, dream, dream thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a dream. Like, and he never got out and that's, no, no, no. I think that's just what he's fixated on to (laughs) get him through that time. Right. But yeah, we've never been given a reason to think that Deborah won't wait for him. I think, we've baby, never- I think baby died in the first heist and everything else is just his last vision before oh. he slips eternally into the good night. <laughs> Head explodes. We're going to become that kind of podcast now. The podcast where everything's a conspiracy theory about Guys, the I finally know the ending of Inception. It makes sense to me now. It all makes sense. His totem is his hair. His totem is his Oscar. And now that he has an Oscar, he can go to sleep We're or wake up. I don't remember. <laughs> Oh gosh. Should we rate this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Using science, maybe? Let's do it. The newly visually aided scientific cinema scale I is see it in my mind. Perfect. And as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing, let's buy it. Followed by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. We all have sick voice, so. God hath forsaken us. That was good. That was pretty good, actually. Like, as the Enterprises. <laughs> These are the voyages of the Two Chunks and a Hunk podcast. <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah. Poster me, please. This movie's incredible. It's so good. Yeah. I, this was a blind buy. I did, not, uh, I did not go see this in theaters. Uh, but it was on sale on Black Friday a couple of years ago. And I was like, I've heard good things about it. And I bought it and then watched it and was so glad that I bought it. I do it. remember this conversation with you about it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. I buy the poster too. I think this is a poster movie. Like I, I don't, it's, I don't know. It just feels so appropriate outside of it being a really good movie. It's also just feels like if this was some kind of advertisement, it's a really cool poster. Oh Yeah. <sighs> I think for me, I'm going to stream it. No, I'm buying the poster. <laughs> I'm buying the poster. This movie's awesome. It's, I love Edgar Wright. I love pretty much everything he does. And this is 
what action movies should be to me. Yeah. Not reliant on just explosions. Like there's more to it and it's so interesting. Yes. This is a poster. Easy. Yeah. And the poster's cool too. Poster's very cool. That pink. Yeah. V cool. Give it. I like, I'm in. So that marks the end of the teens choice awards. That was a good one. That was fast. You if guys we chose may some good say movies. so. Yeah, was y'all baby driving this series? Nice. Because I feel like it's done so quickly. That's my impression of bell bottoms. <laughs> of the actual pants. <laughs> because they talk. Don't forget that we're moving on to Daturday afternoon. Our series. Saturday <laughs> in the park. It's our series. That was so bad. <laughs> it's brought to you by uh, Speedstick Deodorant. And apparently the same band that did the Full House theme song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to? Why is it that voice? <laughs> I don't know. Why is it somebody stepped on Kermit's toe and they're like, you have to sing this. <laughs> Whatever happened to predictability? Uh, Why are there so many songs about Full House? <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, the grass is greener, the barbecue's hotter, and Home Depot's open 24-7. It's, it's Daturday afternoon. Daturday after. And we're starting is, with Die Hard. The grass is growing, the boys are mowing. So come out to the coast. <laughs> what, a, what an interesting gumbo of mixed metaphors we're cooking up. I mean, this is exactly what the channel known as TNT does That's all the true. time. That's very true. Climb on up in the vent with me. There's plenty of room. Tape a gun to your back. Well. To end this week's episode, I'd like for us each to try something different. Say our name this time. Ooh. And what song you would add to this movie. Yeah. Okay. You know already. Mm-hmm. I have a go-to song for this kind of scenario all the time. Really? Yep. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. And because he specifically talked about it, I really feel like Hotel California should have popped up at some point. Yeah. It would have been really cool. Just a slow-mo shot to that. On the dark highway. Yep. Would have been good stuff. Yep. I'm Doge. I really wish there had been a heist set to Part of the Plan by Dan Fogelberg. That's a great song. Look it up if you don't know it. I'm Carter. And uh, The White Stripes Conquest. Mm. Yeah. Woo-wee. That's my walk-up song. Like if I was ever a baseball player boy. Or a wrestler. Or a wrestler. A wrestler. It's just perfect. I think we could do some kind of baby driver type movie with just Jack White. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And Muse, maybe? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Muse. Accidentally gave you peanut butter, boy. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I feel like any action sequence, heist or whatever, could be set really well to that Muse. What is it? Is it Knights of Sedonia? That's the... Yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't. No, it's not Knights of Sedonia. Yeah, that's Knights of Sedonia. No, but the one that starts with that, like... Bing, 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 bing. I think that's City Escape. Not. Yeah. Sorry, I meant, that's my bad. I meant City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. <laughs> Rolling around at the speed of sound. Okay, see you guys. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. 
Check out our entire selection of FBP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save good